0: On another exciting episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, Amazon Prime's Invincible returns with Season 2. So we're going to talk about Episode 1, A Lesson for Your Next Life. Right after these ads, we have no control over. Sing along if you know the words.
1: One, two, three, it's time for Animation Deliberation. A conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. Yeah, welcome
0: back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action animation and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. We're your hosts, I'm Jerry Lee, and I'm Jay Scotty St. Clair. It has been a while, my friend. Teams back together indeed. again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've just been doing your thing with the 323 three with Reed Murphy, the weddings and Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, you don't have yeah. time for Does... me anymore.
0: No, you got just your new up. stuff too. You <laughs> gotta let the people know as things are happening. I know the pre-record yeah. stuff, there's nothing breaking with me. <laughs>
1: yeah, You're no, with all it, the I'm,
0: popular pandas. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, no. I'm uh I'm I'm really excited to be back on the cast with you, especially Talking about Invincible because uh, it's wild to think that it's been a little over two years since we got the first season. And, you know, this podcast had just started. Like we were just getting up off the ground. So it's, I feel like this podcast has come a long way. And um, even in our early days, like Invincible was one of the most exciting shows to like kind of cover, watch week to week, talk to you about every week, and then, you know, get the listener feedback. So I'm really excited to, you know, be back in the world of Invincible. Yeah, I still remember when you first brought up the show. This is when, like, the
0: conversations of superhero fatigue were getting really high. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you were like, hey, there's this other show that has a great voice cast. And I was like, I really don't care. But sure, if you want to do it, it's got a great cast. Why not? And just off that first episode, I was like, yep, we're talking about this. Thanks <laughs> for bringing it up. We're good. for sure." <laughs> and like the amount of convincing that it took, like, people to watch it. With watch. Has anyone seen the show? I was like, yes, we talk about it on this brand new podcast. Check it out. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So now yeah.
0: hopefully people are just hungry and just like itching to see what we have to say about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. When it comes to Invincible, I'm glad you were convincible.
0: <laughs> I've <laughs> missed this. Let's talk about news. <laughs> sure. <laughs>
1: do you want to do like a real quick non-spoiler section and then just get into the nitty gritty? <laughs> if, if if not, if you just want to get into spoilers, that's cool too. But I I, I do have probably like... you can, you, know, you can share something. Okay, non-spoilery what I will say is I really liked this episode. I thought it was a solid first episode, but coming off of the first season, remembering how that first episode of season one ended with such a bang and then how strong that final episode was, the season finale in terms of like the emotions that I felt, I, w- I thought this episode was kind of tame and a little restrained, mm-hmm. not disappointing. Yeah. But I noticed, I noticed it. How about you?
0: Yeah, the the bar was as high as Omni-Man's ego. And <laughs> like I said, I was kind of, I said to you before, I was a little tired when I was watching this. so I was kind of like dozing off during like a day. This felt like one of the middle episodes of the first season, if that makes yeah, sense. Sure. Yeah, I could see that. Like after such a long wait and after how good Adam Eve was, honestly, Mm, it was true. weird that it was just
1: such a a tempered start. Tempered is an excellent word to use. Yep. Yes. Yeah, I concur.
0: Yeah, it wasn't bad in any means, but it does have a high bar that it didn't quite meet on a return,
1: m- a much anticipated return. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's just the beginning of the season, though. Sure. And, and like we said, that first season was, you know, so sublime that um, I kind of don't hold it against this season premiere because like it's it's kind of almost an impossible standard to hold it to. But yeah, yeah let's uh, why don't we just go ahead and get into spoilers? No, no need to to dance around too much. So uh, this is your official spoiler warning. And uh, let's just dive right in. Right out of the gate, I'm curious, like, what did you think about the way they decided to start the episode by subverting our expectations with with Mark?
0: So I was confused. I wasn't expecting a what if episode. I
1: wasn't expecting this like
0: uh, this, this history of trunks episode for the Dragon Ball (laughs) Z fans out there. Uh, I was intrigued with it, but I was also confused. Like, did I miss an episode? What else was going on? And then, of course, we have more multiverse. I miss multiverse so much. We don't get enough of it. (laughs) Yay for dimensions. Yay for multiple versions. Yay for time travel ah so much excite so creative no one's doing it on a thursday every week (laughs) yeah so the fact that that was initial like right off the gates that where they went i wanted to bang my head into a desk if i was sitting at one but sure that that did
1: disappoint me a little bit (laughs) yeah no and, and i remember like you having like kind of voiced some you know fatigue with the whole multiverse concept and how it's being used by everybody and um up until this point like i i heard you but it wasn't really impacting me yet and i think this was the first instance where i was like oh yeah it really is like everybody really is doing the multiverse and like you're seeing this everywhere and you know credit to the source material it's not like they're deviating from the source material mm-hmm. like yeah, they they did that in the comics, so it is. I just think an unfortunate kind of timing thing because the season of animation took so long to put together. Like two years yeah. ago, the multiverse was not as you know dominant as it is now. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't help but feel some similar, uh, like some similarities, especially with like this antagonist we were presented with with uh, Angstrom Levy or Levi Angstrom Levi uh, being voiced by Sterling K. Brown. I was like, okay immediately getting some Kang vibes. (laughs) Yeah. But the part from the opening that really kind of stuck out to me was Stephen Yoon voicing Mark when he was on the big like teleprompter, basically Mm -hmm. like reciting over and over again, like, Oh, you know, you'll see eventually that being part of the Viltrum empire is like a good thing. We won't have cancer. We won't have poverty. We won't have famine. And the way he just like delivered that, like so coldly was like really chilling.
0: Yeah, because he still had like the endearment of a pleading teenager, if that sure. makes sense. Yeah. Like like just on the soapbox of like, come on, listen to me. Help like join join the chess club. It's gonna be a great time. Like I forgot yeah. about that thing. <laughs> so the the fact that he still kinda had that voice to it, but it, it was the message that was just really dark. I, I yeah. think that's
1: what kind of gave me like the cringe in a, in a good way. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, I, I agree with you that that earnestness was there, but like the longer we spent with this version of Mark, like the more unsettling it got, like especially yeah. his confrontation with Eve. Yeah. Oh, like we talk about coming off of that special that came out over the summer. Like I already love the character of Eve. And like, sometimes I really like, when I think about my favorite character in the show, I think more often than not, I gravitate towards Eve more than I do Mark, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, saying something, but yeah, just getting to spend that, that time with her because she didn't show up a lot in this episode, even if it was an alternate version of her, like, just the showdown with Mark, and then ultimately him like saying he he would never kill her, but then proceeds to snap her neck. And then you find out afterwards, Ooh. it's like, oh, I didn't kill her. She's just paralyzed. And you see the tear run down her ah. cheek. And I was like, oh my God, talk about and a fate worse than death. And he wanted to keep her alive so that he could visit her. And this is all like, you know, in, in the same context of knowing that Nolan treated uh, Debbie like a pet.
0: Yeah. <sighs> And the fact that he said is like, oh, is that what you were practicing on protesters? I was wondering what was going on. I right. was like, what? Oh, you just like thousands of people. What you even even practiced? How many people did you practice yeah. on them?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I did figure out pretty early on. Like I knew going into the season, I didn't have you know too much spoiled for me. But I think it was even in the trailer that we knew that the multiverse was going to factor in somehow. So it's like, okay, this is an alternate version. But I still think the uh, show was really effective in like creating this sense of like dread and anxiety with seeing this corrupted version of Mark mm-hmm. and then transitioning to our version and being like, Oh, getting that like breath of relief. Like, okay. Our Mark is still, you know, yeah, still good. He's, I mean, he's not good. He's obviously traumatized, yeah, yeah. but he's, he's, he's good. Yeah. He's ethically good, I
0: guess. Yeah, there we go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're well, speaking of ethically good. His need to manage his temper i guess was really interesting in the opening part of seeing him in our prime timeline for lack of a better term sure yeah like he was you know helping people and doing the superhero thing and this and that but when it came to the point where it's like there was like a toe to toe confrontation with the villains robbing the bank and when like uh, reinforcements came in and he just kind of like backed off Right. I thought that was really interesting about how like he wants to help people but he just doesn't want to be violent anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see it later on in the episode with the explosion when he's got you see it from the first person's perspective he looks down on his fist and see the blood running down you can tell he's like it's PTSD. He's like, "Oh no, 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 not again, not like this level of bloodshed and gore." Mm-hmm. And um in that sense like I I really thought the the show, you know, made Mark feel like a really real character. It's like I felt the weight of his trauma and like the loss of his father that he was grappling with, and just like some of the facial expressions they had when he was just you know at school, and somebody said something like the bully related to like him having lost his dad as having died and like him coming to that realization that like he really is never gonna get it to interact with his dad like that. like I thought it was all mm-hmm. just like played really, really well, yeah. Yeah, they did. I've
0: they did a good job at that because what I've I've mentioned this plenty of times too, where I feel like what makes a good show or movie nowadays with like the predictability of things is when something has predictability to it, but the emotion still overweighs like what you think is going to happen, right? Sure. So for stuff like this, it's like all right, PTSD, he's trying to go back to school and this and that. But it's like, when you can get the dialogue, when you can get the delivery, when you can set the stage of emotion to still make the audience like captivated and still feel something, even though it's something we've like seen or heard thousands of times before, I think they did a really good job with explaining and conveying that even with animated facial expressions.
1: Yeah, yeah. That really, that whole sentiment makes me think about the scene where Mark's in his room with, uh, what's his, uh, girlfriend's name?
0: Amanda? Amber?
1: Amber. Amber, yes. Amber, voiced by Zazie Beats. And, uh, he says, like, I'm fine. And she says, it's fine. You're not fine. Yeah. And you got to see that with his mom, Debbie, a little bit, too. Like, when she has the interaction with, uh, Red Rush's wife, Olga. Mm-hmm. And, uh she says something very similar. She keeps, I think she says it like two or three times. She says, I'm fine. And it's like obvious that she's not. But uh, one thing about that scene, when she walked in and, and saw Olga with the knife and mm-hmm. even says afterwards, like, you know, when I first saw you with that knife, you know what I thought? And it's like, that took me out of the show for a second. Cause it's like, I don't care how like close they are, or what uh, their level of familiarity is. You don't just go into somebody, you don't let yourself into somebody's house without sending like a text or something like that for them to just walk in and see you in their kitchen with a knife (laughs) yeah lights off and everything like how were you cooking yeah like the windows were open and
0: everything too like has she seen the lights it would have been like huh but it's like well why were you cooking in the dark the whole time yeah
1: it's like (sighs) yeah you you lost a little bit of realism with the dramatic (laughs) tension there (laughs) i
0: did like i think their interaction was actually my favorite part of the episode Um, Okay. Especially when she said something along the lines of, like, it's okay to be sad and be angry because both of our husbands died that night. So for her to grieve the person that she thought she was married to and hate the person that treated her like a pet Mm -hmm. was a really fascinating perception.
1: Yeah, yes, totally. And. I can only like, you know, try to imagine what that headspace must feel like, but I I have to imagine there has to be an enormous amount of guilt that she didn't see it. Like it, it makes me think of like, you know, the, the spouse of like a serial killer, how they say they never saw it coming. And like, I just, how racked with guilt would you be that you're like the closest person to this, this monster and you, and you never saw anything like that's, That's, that's rough. I mean, she's got to feel that guilt, but then, yeah, she's also mourning the loss herself. Like she clearly had love and affection for him. She like, she says 20 years, 20 years. I was a pet. Yeah. But then she talks about her trip to Italy. And the pizza. Yes. Yeah. 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 Those, those, those two,
0: two entirely different people that she has to think about.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, what did you think about uh, the Guardians of the Globe? They were fun. They were a lot of fun yeah. to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that
0: it was just straight to the point. Like, here's the bad guy. Here's them fighting. Obviously, I love Rexplode. Sure. Because Jason Mendoza is just an incredible actor. And anything that comes up yeah. his mouth is just wonderful. Uh, yeah. I like that they're exploring robots emotions talking about him experiencing fear and what that's like and that we have monster girl like that relationship has been i, I didn't get to rewatch season one but i remember there was mm-hmm. a lot of development there so just seeing yeah. the comfortability between the two of them is what's been really cool agreed and the reintroduction of Immortal into this because just watching him get killed at the beginning of this episode without context was like, what is going on? Oh yeah. I thought there was like a training session going on between the two of them before,
1: you know, we realized that it was just a different universe, yeah. but yeah. And that was the real cold open of the episode because it starts off before you see Omni, man, again, it's yeah. Mark and, and mortal facing off. And like, it makes sense because I, re- I didn't rewatch season one either, but I remember, immortal was reintroduced at the end of season one. Mm-hmm. And it would make sense that everything that Omni-Man just did, like immortal would start attacking his son, whether or not he you know, th- even the dialogue, he was like, yeah. he said something about like, you're a liar. Or something. Yeah. It was so, I, I love the way they did that. When invincible crushes his decapitated head and is like, yeah, re- revive from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then even Omni-Man's kind of sad. He's like, you know, a thousand or like millennia of defending this planet and he couldn't see the light. Yeah.
0: So definitely intrigued with the Guardians of the Globe. I like yeah. their chemistry. I like their dynamic. I was curious to see uh, what it develops into.
1: Yeah. Like you, Rexplode was one of the standouts uh, for the Guardians, the little bit that we got of them this episode. And I loved how when they introduced the two new members uh, his interactions with each of them. Cause when an immortal does like the reverse Batman, <laughs> he has the entrance. That's so mysterious. And he's just like, how did, how did you do that dramatic entrance? And it's just their it are, demeanors are like polar opposite. <laughs> yeah. yeah you planned that. And then <laughs> with bulletproof it's, it's, you know, he's immediately jealous, but bulletproof just calls him out on his shit. He's just like, yeah. I know exactly who you are and like shuts him up real quick. But then, Yeah. To your point as well, similar to last season, I find myself being just immediately drawn and fascinated by the character of Robot. And right at the gate, I can see myself like the thread that they're already setting up with him is probably going to be the, one of the more interesting ones for me this season because like he spent all last season getting his you know consciousness transferred to this body. And now it seems like it may have not gone as smoothly as he wanted. Mm-hmm. And his final line of dialogue there where – Uh, You know monster girls like Cecil's making a mistake and he's like no something was wrong so it's only logical to fix it and you I can tell like he's just thinking about himself he's like I'm the problem something's wrong with me yeah so I'm just I'm curious about his trajectory here especially now that like like you mentioned he has this relationship with monster girl and she clearly cares about him so it's his, I'm sensing some uh, self-destructive tendencies but we'll see so between
0: Robot and the fact that I'm watching Jujutsu Kaisen, I can't help but think of how similar
1: him and Mechamaru look. I had the same thought. I'm not even like caught up on uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, <laughs> but I had the same exact thought. I was like, they're the same character. Yeah,
0: the exact <laughs> same character. Somebody's controlling it and they have the robot and they can do X, y, and Z. Y, Z. They're very logical and super smart. Just, they yeah. the same color tone too. They look exactly sure. the same. Yeah,
1: for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
0: like, I had to recalibrate my brain because as you were talking about robot, I'm thinking about about Mechamaru, I'm just like, no, that's not how he looks. What what did he look like?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Because I'm like picturing uh, the blue jacket and everything, where Robot's like, I guess, technically naked. But, right. Um, oh, yeah, it's just, it's funny how similar those two look. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Another uh, highlight for me in this episode, and they're always a highlight for me, but the Mahler twins.
0: Oh, yeah. They are such yeah. a delight. So happy to see them back in this.
1: Yeah, and Kevin, Mike, Kevin Michael Richardson just does such a great job, and I kind of loved how the multiverse full, multiversal versions of them continued to be voiced by him except for the one yeah. that was like a Mahler sister. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I was, that was one of the few times I was okay with multiverse stuff because they all just looked unique, and it was just like quick and to the point.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I'll, I'll remind me to get back to this connection. But my favorite dialogue was definitely uh we didn't rip your arm up, we just gave you a mild concussion. You know what that means? It means we <laughs> like you. And when yeah. we break out again, it means we won't kill you. It's like right. what is <laughs> it's like, did you do this? He was like, Yeah, I can shit portals now,
1: I didn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, that was great.
0: That was the best line of the episode. Yeah, I that was lost good. It on that.
1: <laughs> Oh man. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But the connection that I was thinking about as we were talking about the non spoiler part was how the Arrowverse did multiverse. Okay. How we had like very distinct versions of these characters. And Marvel kind of tried doing it here and there and then it got carried away. But if they stick with how Arrowverse did it, I think I'll be okay with multiverse again because, like, it got to the point where we saw certain versions from certain Earths consistently that we could like recognize them when we saw them. And sure, some of them were just like for the plot, but they mm-hmm. did a good job of repeating them. So if if they can keep it tempered and keep it to that part where the identities are distinct and we can recognize them, and it's not just variants coming out the wazoo like loki
1: yeah
0: i'll be i'll be fine with that but i'm still well i don't want to say i'm mad about it i instinctively went oh great multiverse but in this first episode i think they've done a good enough job to not make me cringe at it going forward
1: yeah i i think the interesting thing will be with the the character of Engstrom, Levi, the fact that like he's clearly gone like insane. And like, I think one of the Mahler twins, the surviving Mahler twin like said as much, like you're not able to like distinguish between your memories and all those other memories now. So like for my purposes, like that's something I haven't really seen. It's like, yeah, we've seen people that are kind of like, you know, time slipping and stuff like that or like, you know, being pulled across the, space-time dimensions and what have you, but, like, this guy is kind of, like, I don't know. It's not, like, Legion, per se, but it is kind of like Legion. So... Can't relate. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just kind of curious how, the like, the multiverse is going to continue to factor in because, like, I, I have no doubt, like, this is not the last we've seen of that, like, dark version of Mark. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure our version of Mark is going to have, like, some interaction with him, but... Yeah. I know um, for my purposes, I was just so excited. Uh, Like I, we jumped on this recording, like immediately after I I finished watching the episode. Uh, So we did have a little bit of news that we could talk about. And then maybe if we want to like save our final thoughts uh, and maybe some predictions and then, uh, but before we do that, maybe we could talk about one of our partners here on the show.
0: Yeah, I uh, I coined a term that made Andrew cringe, so therefore I will be using it more now. Uh, okay. Before we do these ad reads, we got to do the pop and gulp. Okay. <laughs> because we like to stay hydrated on the show. Helps That's us right. keep our voices up. Helps us stay healthy. Helps us get through our days. And it's liquid IV that helps us do that. Because one stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. The result of an extensive R&D process to perfect the flavor and efficacy, Liquid IV combines science-backed zero-sugar technology with the brand's commitment to delicious real flavor. No artificial sweeteners and zero-sugar with the proprietary amino acid allulose blend for a sweet taste without the calories or raised blood glucose you get from sugar. Contains eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness with three times the
1: electrolytes of leading sports drinks. Non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy, Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. They partner with leading organizations to fund and foster innovative solutions that help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in more than 50 countries around the world. And you can get 20% off when you grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier, sugar-free or any other variant at liquidiv.com and use the code... Stay whelmed at checkout. That's S T A Y W H E L M E D at checkout. And that's 20% off anything when you order. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code staywhelmed at liquidiv.com.
0: And just my usual PSA we're getting into wintertime. People are getting sick, lots of cold, lots of flu, lots of strip, lots of COVID. Uh, the tangerine is my favorite flavor and it just happens to be the immune booster one. Uh, so, you know. Please stay hydrated. Please keep your vitamin C up and please stay healthy so that you can enjoy this wonderful winter.
1: Okay. Let's, uh, let's talk about a little bit of this news happening in the world of animation. Let's do it. Yeah. First one you're really excited for. Yeah. I'll take the first one (laughs) because uh, yeah, Futurama. We're getting more Futurama. It was confirmed that the Hulu (laughs) revival a Futurama is getting an additional 20 episodes. So uh, we knew we had 10 episodes uh, in the can already. So an additional 20 episodes should be at least 30 more episodes of Futurama on Hulu. And I was really impressed with this, uh, this new season. I thought it had uh, like two or three like really, really strong episodes and all the episodes were enjoyable. So Futurama is just that show that will not go away. And I, yeah. uh, I'm excited about it.
0: Yeah, my roommate watches it from time to time, like the newer episodes, so when I happen to be in the kitchen when he's playing it, it definitely gives me a good laugh, like without fail. It's one of those shows I kind of just watched when it was on, but like it's always just so funny. So the fact that people who enjoy it on a regular basis, like you get 20 more episodes, like I'm definitely excited for you guys on that.
1: Well, thank you. That's gracious of you. Good (laughs) content. Good content. Indeed. Well, speaking of good content, we got some good content on the way, but maybe some content that we can't speak too terribly much to. What do we got?
0: Yeah, so this is kind of the mystery box for us because The Boy and the Heron trailer has released, but here on this podcast, we were very jealous that in Japan there was no marketing, there was no trailer, there was no screenshots. It was just, here's the title of the movie and here's the date that it comes out. So we're still sticking with that, but in case you guys have didn't know that there was content to look at, Enjoy all the preliminary stuff, and we're going to talk about it in December when it comes out.
1: Indeed. Yeah. I, uh, unfortunately, I've seen one or two stills, but I haven't seen anything beyond that, and I'm going to keep it that way. So, all right. And our final piece of news is the much anticipated Scott Pilgrim anime for Netflix, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, releases November 17th. So, at the time of this recording, that is just two weeks away. Yeah. So loving everything I'm seeing about this. The trailers have been awesome. The animation style looks great and dynamic. And of course, the pretty much full voice cast from Edgar Wright's movie returning makes it uh, definitely something to be super amped for.
0: This is a series though, right? Yes. Like, Like it's kind of like a different story same concept type of thing.
1: That's my understanding. The fact that it's called takes off leads me to believe that, but based on the trailer, and I said this on multiverse news when we talked about uh, the trailer there, but uh, it does seem like it's going to at least revisit the events of the film. Okay. Maybe in like a recap or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So beyond that, I'm not sure what to expect.
0: Yeah. Because with most of the cast coming back, you would think that'd be them reprising their characters, but like you said, the animation, the energy, the music, like all of it was just so I haven't watched it too many times because I'm just like anxious for the show itself now. But
1: right. it's it's going to be very exciting. I'm very much looking forward to it. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, yeah. So I think that is all the news that we had on our radar. If we missed anything, if there's anything we should, uh, you know, have our fingers on the pulse about. You can always let us know on our social medias. Just look up Animation Deliberation or you can send us an email at animation at gmail.com. Or if you're a member of the Stranded Panda chat, you can always, you know, tag one of us in that. It's J space Scotty and Z-U-H-A-I-R. <laughs> That's right. If you want to add right. us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts on. Season two, episode one for Invincible.
0: Yeah, like I said, it didn't hit the unrealistically high bar that we had for it on the first episode, but it was definitely a good episode. Excited to see where it goes because, you know, we have stuff in space. We have multiverse. We have different species. So it's like it could really go in any direction at any given point in time. Mm -hmm. But I'm excited to see like how it all comes together. And when we get those intense, you know, gut wrenching episodes. Uh, I feel like there may be a Mark face off at some point from two Mm -hmm. different universes. So that that's the shot that I'm calling, which I don't think is that bold of one, but in the sake of uh, predictions, that's what I'll go with.
1: Interesting. Okay. I think that's, I think that's in terms of, of taking your shot. I think that's kind of a safe shot, but uh, yeah, it, puts the pressure on me to come up with something different in terms of taking my shots. So uh, just as we go, I don't know. I want to do something with robot though. Let's okay. Here's my shot. I think robot is going to become privy to all these multiversal shenanigans and he's going to kidnap an alternate version of himself and like take that body against its will or something like that.
0: Okay, especially now that we have this machine where he can sync up brains and just kill the one that he kidnapped.
1: Yeah, because even though he's a hero, okay. like that's always been part of his story. There's always like this unsavory part and like morally gray part to mm. this quote-unquote hero. So okay, uh, it's that's not really based anything too too crazy, but just shooting my shot now. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Okay, but yeah, beyond that, um, I echo. Sp- similar sentiments to you uh kind of like i said at the top of the episode it's just really nice to be back in the world of invincible it was nice to revisit a lot of these characters um i do i guess without putting too much expectation on it i kind of look forward to when mark has processed some of this trauma and maybe is a little bit more of his old self Mm -hmm. but i don't want that to be like unearned he obviously has to feel the weight of what he went through but uh yeah, beyond that, I guess I'm just excited to see uh, what new characters they bring into the fold, and maybe they'll bring back other favorites from the last season. I remember uh, Mahershala Lee voiced that guy that could turn his skin into rock. It'd be cool to see him again. Yeah. I know there was like a techno head guy. Clancy Brown voiced the demon detective. It'd be cool to see him again. Seth Rogen's alien. Like, he was in the Flashback. But... Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. <don't... I> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it, yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm landing. Do you have anything else you want to say before we get out of here? In regards to the show,
0: not really in terms of plugs. Uh, just check out Friends of the Shows, Peeves Gap Fest and 323 with Reed Murphy. And of course, check out everything on StrandedPanda.com, especially Multiverse News, which goes live every Tuesday, 8 o'clock yes, sir. Time. Yep. Boom. Yeah, so check them out on Twitch. Uh, be part of the conversation. If you guys are joining us because you're Invincible fans, welcome. We're going to be doing this every week, so we would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, we're also doing Jujutsu Kaizen on a weekly basis as well. So be sure to check out all that stuff.
1: Yes, indeed. And like I said, uh, if in addition to being able to send us news there, if you had inven- um, excuse me, if you had feedback for Invincible. You can also hit us up on our social medias or send us an email at animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send an audio file if you want, and maybe we'll play your voice on the podcast in real time. And then, uh, yeah, Uh, I also want to plug the Fantasy Heroes draft. Um, As I understand, the registration for that is open through the (laughs) 7th. Through the 7th. Yeah. So. You probably have like two or three days when you're listening to this episode to do that if you want to. But yeah, other than that, check out everything Stranded Panda has going on and all the friends and family of Stranded Panda. A lot of great shows and a great community and grateful to be a part of it. So as always, thanks for tuning in. That's IN. And
0: as always, stay well. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com/groups/svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed